Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. My name is Winter Vanecki, and I'm competing in aerial skiing. Cool beans. I'm gonna guide you in the right direction. Or maybe the wrong direction, who knows? But we're gonna go somewhere fun today. Perfect, sounds good, I'm excited. And yes, you heard him right, his name is Lettuce. <laughs> Love it. I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I am jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Villages, some of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. We'll talk to athletes whose performances are pushing the medal count on snow and ice, discussing pretty much anything and everything but actually winning medals because we want to go behind the scenes and even Olympic heroes have to eat. Unfiltered conversations from the ground about the daily experiences that make up the real athlete experience of the games. You know, like life and being in the village. Because it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies all the time. You can hear us in the headphones, okay? <laughs> okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. Winter, thank you so much for joining the In the Village podcast. We are very excited to have you here. I was looking you up all day today in anticipation for interviewing you, and you are probably one of the most badass athletes that I've ever come across. And I say athlete because you are not just an incredible skier. You are the only or the first person to run a marathon on every single continent. So the moment that I read that, I was like, what was Antarctica like? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. So I, we became the first mother and daughter to run a marathon on all seven continents since I ran with my mom. And then I also set the world record for the youngest because I did them all before I turned 15. And it was quite the adventure. Every single one was so unique and different. And a lot of the times it was actually just as difficult getting to the start line of these races as like getting to the finish line because so many race directors wouldn't let me race their their marathons because I was so young and just the adventures themselves to get to the start point. Like for Antarctica, we had to take a Russian research vessel out of the tip of Argentina and we're going through Drake's passage. We ran the race and then coming home, we actually hit a hurricane. So it had 75 mile an hour winds, 35 foot waves crashing over our boat. So that whole trip was just pretty incredible. So freestyle skiing is like nothing to you. You're like, I've been in Drake's Passage in some of the most hard waters that I've ever been in. That is that is amazing. Another really cool thing about you that I read because I researched you a ton was that you actually created your own nonprofit called Team Winter and you raise money for cancer research. And it hit really close to home because I actually lost my dad last year to cancer. Can you talk a little bit about that and you know what your dad means to you, especially heading into these games? Absolutely. My dad was a big kid at heart. He had an amazing smile that everyone remembers him by. And so I think thinking back to a lot of memories with him, it, it's always just nice to have those kind of pictures in my head because I only had the first 10 years of my life with him. He was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of prostate cancer on his 40th birthday and passed away only 10 months later. So it's very, very quick and very aggressive and the whole time I knew I didn't want to just sit around and be sad. I wanted to do something to try to help him and all the other men and families affected by prostate cancer. So I decided to form Team Winter, a nonprofit organization for prostate cancer research and awareness. To this day, I've helped raise over half a million dollars for this cause. And a lot of this money has actually gone to fund 
new young researchers at the Prostate Cancer Foundation who have actually developed drugs to treat those more aggressive forms of prostate cancer like my dad had. So it's very rewarding to know that even though, you know, we couldn't save my dad, that maybe all this research could save someone else's dad, brother, whatever it may be someday. That's incredible. And and I thank you for doing that. And so many others who are listening to this, you know, cancer touches a lot of us and we can't, we can't control that. And the fact that you are doing something and being active and using your voice in the community to really advocate for c- cancer research and clinical trials, it's, it's really, really important. So thank you, Winter. To kind of turn the page to now you are in the village at the Olympic Games. What is it like? Like, is there anything that stands out to you that you kind of want to let everybody listening in on know about? Like some inside scoop, maybe? Well, I think one of the coolest things right now in this village is we got some pretty sick bikes that we're biking around on that I think a lot of the other countries are pretty jealous of right now because Team USA is one of the only ones with these bikes. Since we are staying in the houses that are kind of on the outskirts of our village, it's quite a bit of a walk up to the dining hall. And so someone at Team USA had the genius idea of getting all of us athletes bikes. So we've been cruising around on our bikes and, and, and just cruising around the village with these, which has been really fun. Wait, that is so much fun. Like, are they electric bikes or just kind of normal manual bikes? They're just normal bikes, like little cruisers. Oh my gosh, you got like your little beach cruiser going to the cafeteria. Speaking of cafeteria, how's the food? What's all of that like? It's been all right. We've been getting, going up there usually once or twice a day because you can go up as many times as you want. But like I said, it's a little bit of a, a trip up there. And so um, obviously some of the food's different and not quite what we're used to, but they have some some different options up there. And um, they got everything from some KFC to this melon that I've really been liking called Hami Melon. Could be pronouncing that wrong, but that's been pretty good. And um, yeah, and so a lot of the stuff too, we've got some amazing snacks down here in our in our athlete resource center, the ARC here for Team USA. So they got everything from Kodiak cake muffins to popcorns and all of our almond milks and stuff. So we're pretty set down here. Good. Taking care of it as you guys should be. In terms of the credential, because I feel like most people, you know, watching the Olympics don't understand how important that little piece of laminated paper is. Can you talk about there we go. We have it. We're on video for those of you that can see it. Um, can you talk about how that is like literally your passport to get anywhere in the village? You have to have that on at all points yeah. and all times. It's it's literally your passport and how you get anywhere. A lot of the times too, if you're coming and going through different buildings and stuff, they're asking for it. And even to get into the dining hall, you need to show it in order to go eat. So it's very important. You definitely don't want to lose it. And it's pretty cool because we have our lanyards on it and we've been collecting pins, which is another fun thing we've been doing here. So I think I've got probably like 30 plus pins right now from all different countries. No way. Already? Uh, yeah, we've been, I've been going kind of crazy this first couple of days before everyone gets tired of the pin trading. So getting all the good ones now. See, you're smart. You're on top of it. I love <laughs> that. So in terms of your packing to go to the Olympic Games and you are a skier, freestyle skier, How many sets of skis are you bringing with you? Do you check those on your own or do you kind of have team managers dealing with all of your gear? What does the traveling look like for you and all the gear that you bring with you? So it's not much different from when we normally go to like World Cups. So we have to check all of our own stuff and carry all of our own gear. As aerial skiers, we don't have anyone that does that for us. And so most of the time we just have our one ski bag with two pair of skis. We have our primary pair and our backup pair and then all of our other gear and 
Um, a lot of times we carry most of the stuff on the plane in our backpack, just in case some bags get lost or whatever. So we have, for me, I have my helmet, I have my protective face mask. Since uh, several years ago, I fractured the entire right side of my face. And so I have this custom made mask that protects it now. And so I always have that with me and, you know, your mouth guard, your boots, all the essentials that you can't use someone else's versus skis. For some reason, if we are missing something, you at least have a, a teammate skis who you could use. Um, but a lot of the stuff when we came here, we went through LA and we were on the charter. And so we also got a lot of our, our Nike and Ralph Lauren gear there. And so we had an additional two suitcases. So we had four bags that we were hauling around. And luckily we had a lot of help getting here around the village and stuff, but still a lot of the bags and stuff, we had a cart to our room. So most of that was on our own. It's a lot of stuff. And especially all that Nike and Ralph Lauren polo stuff. Do you have like a favorite piece from all of your kit? My favorite piece. I think the one of the sweaters that's going to be for the closing ceremonies is pretty cool. And I think that outfit will be really sick. It's got big rings on the front of it. And I think that one's one of the, the more cool things. Yeah, you guys get so much cool stuff. And it's so well-deserved. So, Winter, when you are training and it's off-season and you are jumping into a pool, how hard was that to learn? Is it that much different? Like for me being a non-freestyle skier, not really knowing much about skiing, it's so interesting because that really is the bulk of your training, especially in summer months. Can you just talk about the difference and kind of how that is still a huge part of your training? Our summer training is huge for us. So we, we are in the pool from May till October. And so the majority of our training is on water ramps into this pool. So they're basically big plastic ramps with kind of almost like a bristle brush, um, hard knob like material that we ski down on. And so it's meant to mimic as close as possible to our snow jumps. So when we go off the jump and up the jump in the air, everything like that is very similar. Obviously the main difference is going to be landing. So when we're training in the pool, when we land, it has a bubble system. And so it helps soften the landing because it is very flat and it's not like we're landing on a ski slope. And so that's one of the biggest differences when we then move over to snow is getting used to the landing again. But the water ramping is huge because it allows us to learn new tricks safely. And, you know, the first couple of times you do a trick, you don't always land right. And so at least the pool is a bit more forgiving than snow. Way more forgiving, I would say. How long does it take for you to learn a new trick? It depends. I think as I've progressed in the sport, you can move through tricks a little bit quicker because it's all building on the basics. So the first couple of years, it's very difficult because especially for me, I didn't have any acrobatic experience before. I didn't do gymnastics or trampoline or things like that. I knew how to ski, but I didn't have much experience in flipping and twisting. So I had to learn those from scratch. And so for those first couple of years, it takes a while to be able to get all that mus muscle memory. And now we're just building on those basics. So it's, you know, even though it's, triple twisting, double backflips. It's a lot of the same stuff that I've been doing for years and years now. Um, and then looking forward as I think ahead to other tricks that I'm going to be doing, it's all just kind of building blocks. So as long as you have that good foundation, um, you can start to move through tricks a little bit quicker. Do you see typically a lot of freestyle skiers coming into the sport with a gymnastics and trampoline background? Is that pretty common? It's pretty common in aerials. So a lot come from some sort of acrobatic background like that. Wow. It's honestly, it's incredible. You know, you being almost the endurance athlete, right? Like running all these marathons and doing all these triathlons. So coming into what I would describe a power sport, is that fair to say? And kind of just being like, yep, 
My name's Winter and I'm here and I'm going to absolutely crush all of you guys. I know I'm an endurance athlete, but that doesn't matter to me. It's just a true testament to who you are and the athlete that you are. All right, Winter, before I let you go, um, I want to ask you, what are you most looking forward to during these Olympic Games? I think for me, the most exciting thing is going to just be standing up there for my competition jump. I've had 10 years in the making training for this sport now. And like you said, I, I didn't come from this kind of sports area, like of the, the acrobatic freestyle skiing, you know, I was a runner and I, I did the downhill ski racing and things like that growing up, but it was a big change and going from an endurance sport that's lasting hours on end to then a sport that is only a couple seconds in the air is kind of crazy. But I think in the end, you know, it's all about that, that grit and determination of pushing through those tough days, even though our sport's only a couple seconds in the air, we are training for hours and hours on end just to get everything perfect for the Olympics and for this competition. So it's pretty exciting to be at this point and have made it here. And I'm just excited to get out there and get jumping. We haven't trained yet. We start training tomorrow. So I think a lot of us are just getting kind of antsy, ready to, to go fly. Well, best of luck heading into your practices. Best of luck heading into competition. Um, Winter, we are all cheering for you. We are so proud of you. I know your dad is so proud of you. Um, and we really cannot wait to see how you do. Thank you so much. Thanks, Winter. Good luck. Appreciate it. Take care. You too. Follow In the Village now on Amazon Music to get automatic downloads and tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. And for the first time ever, the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics will be on the same day in the same network. Competition continues at the Winter Olympics tonight. And don't miss Super Bowl 56 as the Los Angeles Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals February 13th on NBC and Peacock. Peacock.